Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Good afternoon. This is Sandra and Julie with Real Cuff. Hey, Julie, how you doing? It's fine. Hello. Oh, okay. And today we're going to be talking again to Cornelis Moore. We and I interviewed her a few weeks ago, and after we finished the recording, we were talking a little bit about healing. And I was so excited to hear some of the healings that she has seen in other countries. And we began to talk about healings that were going on in America. So, as we say, Hebrews 13.8 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Julie, you want to go ahead and introduce, introduce Cornelius? Cornelius? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome, 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 welcome. We look forward to hearing uh, you talk about the miracle. So why don't you just take it over and go for it? Well, praise God. Well, praise God. I, first of all, I give God the glory for he is so faithful and the head of my life and everything is by everything and all in all. And I thank God for this opportunity uh, to come before God's people and those who may need to hear a word. I thank God for Sister Sandra that divine opportunity back in September, and I just give God praise for it. But first of all, I want to share with with the body or the people of God that I myself am a miracle. And I say that because when I'm the youngest of three children, and when my mother conceived me, that she wasn't pregnant with me. And my dad was an Army man, so they have the, some of the best physicians around the world. And they said, you're not pregnant. And she said, I am. They, they said, well, how do you know you're pregnant? Of course, her uh, response was, I have the same symptoms I had with my other two. And they said, well, if you're pregnant, it's going to be a tubal, not going to be normal, and we want you to abort her. But God, my mother didn't tell me that story till like almost the last year of her life. And uh, she used to tell me, I love you all the same, but you're my heart. And I never understood that, that that was why. I believe that was why, because what she went through to even to uh, go against the word of the doctors saying they wanted her to do a medical abortion. So that's the beginning of the miracle in my life. And I thank God for life. And one of the things I want to share is that, as Sister Simon was saying today, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever he does for one, he's no respecter of person. And all he wants us to do is have faith to believe God. Just about a month or so ago in August, I was in Humble, Texas, and this is one of the, the foremost miracles uh, that I want to share about. But actually, on Sunday, I just remembered, Sunday, uh, the Lord had me call a sister in India. I tried to call her Sunday night, and I don't know why the Lord just put it in my spirit. And I thank God for the technology of WhatsApp. 
where we can call and communicate without price. So I tech called her uh, that time, my time, which would have been ten and a half hours later, and I didn't get her. But the Lord put in my spirit to call her again on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, and I got her. Her name is Beauty, and I got her, and I did, like I said, I don't know why the Lord impressed upon me to call her. I just wanted to see how she was doing just to, uh, because we had met in 2014, and there was such a connection by the Spirit with this woman. She's a Holy Ghost-filled woman uh, ministering out of a Presbyterian church, but baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost, and that's a miracle in itself. And we began to share, and she said, Sister, pray for me because I have pain. And I began to ask her specifically what she was dealing with, and she said, I have a disease called spondylitis. Now, I've never heard of spondylitis. And she began to explain to me that it was a disease and in in pain in the neck. So I said, okay, well, we believe God that it's the name of Jesus that every disease has to bow. So I began to pray with her and share with her in the word of God and praying the word of God over her and that Jesus Christ was wounded for her transgressions, bruised for her iniquities, and the chastisement of her peace was upon him, and by, her, by Jesus' stripes she's healed. Now, begin to pray, and, just, and I, as a point of contact, I laid hands on my neck, and I told her, as a point of contact, I'm laying hands on my neck as well. And I began to pray, and, and after I finished praying, I said, now, move your head from side to side. And she moved her head from side to side. She was telling me she was moving her head. And I said, now bend down. Just as a point, as faith, an act of faith, do what you could not do without pain. And she said immediately, she actually sent me a recorded testimony, how immediately she felt the healing touch of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And God instantly healed her of spondylitis, and she said she's not been in any more pain. She said she was in so much pain that she couldn't even go to church Sunday. But I give God the glory because I didn't know why God wanted me to call. But I praise God that he prompted me, and then she had called when I was asleep. So I thought, well, I need to call her back. So we give God the glory for that miracle just over the phone just on Sunday. And the most recent one after that was in Ombo, actually nine years ago in November. A friend of mine had asked me to minister at her sister's church in Hempstead, Texas. And once we got there, they greeted us and said that the pastor's daughter was passed out. And she was passed out from pain, from, and I don't know how long has she been passed out, but from what I understood, at that moment, it was something that had occurred many times. And so we began to pray, pray though they were in the worship, but this was before everything started, before I was supposed to preach. And I began to minister to her and pray for her. She was out and, I mean, just totally incoherent or anything, just, just you know, like a seizure or something. And began to pray for her, and the Lord miraculously brought her back. And... That day, she came on into the service and everything, and so I got a chance to see her mom, whose name was Diane, in August, this past August, and when she saw me, she said, Bianca, who was her daughter, had not had any more 
seizures. It wasn't, I don't even know if we can say it was a seizure because she'd gone to neurologists. The mother had taken her to neurologists and they had had test after test after test. She would pass out for a minimum of at least 30 minutes. And this was nine years ago, and she was still giving the testimony that that day in August, in November of 2008, nine years ago, God healed her instantly, and she's still healed today from that. She had to even bring her back from one college to the hometown so that she could go to school locally because she, she, but she'd never know when she passed out. It would just be spontaneous, and it would be for, like I said, a minimum of 30 minutes at a time. And so we give God the glory that he healed her. And if somebody's out there dealing with something like that or has a family member, God's no respect of person. He can do the same thing for you or your loved one. And so we just release that right now in the name of Jesus for any condition that somebody's passing out and their doctors can't find out what medically is wrong, God is able to get to the, to the root of it and totally destroy it and, and heal that person in Jesus' name. So we just give praise God. We praise God for that because it is, it is that scripture, which is still stirring in my spirit. I'm just so excited because Sister Sandra was reading that scripture, and I could hardly contain myself because that's what God was ministering to me this morning in my quiet time, early, early this morning. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. And so the next thing I want to share with you is my time when I went into India, and I don't, I don't know how God's going to do all of this right now, but... Right now, I'm just recalling when I first went into India in 2008 and how we were in house meetings, and this really wasn't a house meeting, it was just a fellowship dinner. And there was a young woman and her husband that were there, and she had a spirit of just of, of, of depression on her. And we fellowshiped and everything, and that, the following Sunday, I was ministering at a church. And once I got back to the, to the hotel, that family had been waiting, that couple had been waiting for hours, waiting on me to come back to the hotel because she wanted to be totally free and she wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that young woman in that hotel room, God set her free that day, and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And she, you could see her whole countenance was changed because that's the greatest miracle is salvation and receiving the fullness, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So I give God the praise for that and how he did that for her. And it's just amazing how the Lord moves. He's no respect of persons, whether it's in India, whether it's here in Tyler, Texas, whether it's in Mendel, Texas, whether it's in Africa. It doesn't matter where it is because Jesus is, he is everywhere. God is everywhere, and he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think according to the power that works within us. And all we need is faith, that mustard seed size faith to believe and receive what God has done. And so the young lady in, in Hempstead, from what I understand, she's an adult woman now. At that time, she was 17 or 18 years old, and now she's walking around free from having that, uh, that oppression of falling out and not knowing why, and I'm sure it was really traumatic for the mother. But there is somebody that's going through that, as I said, right now, but God is able to set them free. 
from that. And then I went back again in, t- in 2010 and I had open-air meetings, and one of the times in the open-air meetings said, this is just a portion. I couldn't even remember all the testimonies. They even back in the- but this was one because it was a process. Sometimes healings are a process, and but miracles are a process, but when God does it, it's still a miracle because only God can do it. And this young man came up in the, in the meeting for, and during the prayer line. He had, I don't know if you, if you could say it was eczema or acne or severe acne, but it was severe. His whole face was just mangled with, with eczema. And he'd gone from doctor to doctor, and they not been able to, uh, to treat it with any type of steroids or anything. And by the end of that meeting, the end of that meeting, which was a, a week long, that young man's face was clear. Glory to God. It was clear. The, the word of God and the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost had healed that young man miraculously. And he came up to give the testimony how his skin was clear like a baby's skin. And that was amazing for me because I never experienced that, you know, and I, that before. So it was, it was just amazing that God was able to do that because he was able to do anything. He's able to do miracles, and he is a miracle-working God. There was another instance where um, I was in my hotel room, and the pastor's father, who was also a pastor, brought a um, middle-aged Hindu woman and her 16-year-old son to my room for healing. She was having severe pain in her back. And I began to pray. This woman couldn't speak English, and she was Hindu, and uh, which not the most important thing for her at that moment. She just needed relief from what she was dealing with. And I ministered to her about salvation first. That was the first thing I ministered to her about, you know, Jesus is not only able to heal you physically, he's able to heal your soul and your spirit and save you. And the young man, was, her son was so open and ready to receive, and he had received uh, at that moment the salvation. And I began to pray with her, and I think she was getting some relief, if I can remember, because that's been so long ago. But I said, okay, well, I'm not going to continue to pray. I believe God's already done the work. So, but I encouraged her to come to the meeting, but because it was so far from her home, she couldn't come that day, but she was going to come the next day, which was Sunday. So this was another open-air meeting, uh, and we... Started the meeting. We before we started the meeting, uh, there were I can't even tell you how many people, hundreds of thousands of people there, but probably probably about a thousand in all. And of course, numbers are not important. But that woman got to me before the services started, and she pointed to her husband, and she said, "Husband," she couldn't even speak English. Sorry, she said, "Husband," she was letting me know that she was there and she had brought her husband. And I remember so vividly that I was preaching out of the uh, the passage where. Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood, trusted him with Jesus' garment. And the Lord had me entitled the message, Just One Touch. And as I was ministering and giving the altar call, I got through preaching, the woman started motioning for her husband to come and walk down the aisle with her. And I looked and I saw and I just went off. I said, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Don't worry about mother, father, husband. You just come. Well, she stepped out and came because we had an interpreter, of course. And she stepped out and came, and the husband followed her. And I just lost it because that's the greatest miracle. That woman and her household was saved because she heard the word of God, and she received and believed, and God saved her whole household 
through the word of God. So that was that was one of the most, still, I think about that now, and it's just like, what do you understand the language? People understand the language of love, and it's love that draws people and that drew her to want to know about Jesus. We have to have the love of Christ and exemplify that to the world, to everybody, because the Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. So we just need to recognize that to me, for me, and I know for you and Julie, the greatest miracle is salvation. So we give God the glory for what he did that, that, that time. And I can remember how many came, many got saved, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and so many people got set free and delivered. Those are just some that I can remember because it's been so long ago in India. But one of the one, most amazing miracles was from my sister who lives here in Tyler. She actually is outside of Tyler. And her name is Patty. We won't give a last name, but her name is Patty. Patty loved the Lord, Holy Ghost filled. And I used to have meetings called Gathering for His Glory. And in this particular meeting, it was an evening meeting. Uh, during that week, the Lord began to have me fast and pray. And, and I was fasting and praying and believing God for Patty's healing because Patty was born with a short left leg, and it was a congenital birth defect. And I was believing God that God would do something in that meeting. And the Spirit of the Lord had put in my spirit to have a foot washing service and anointing. And in the rush of things, I left all the utensils, the towel, the, the, the pen, and everything there. But after I got to preaching, and we always did communion after the meetings and everything, and my friend Patty said, you know, after Jesus ministered to the people he had in, in communion to the disciples and had communion, he washed their feet. And I just went, oh, my gosh, that's confirmation, because that's what the Lord told me to do, but I left everything at home. So we scammered around trying to find something to do a foot washing service. This was a very end of the meeting. There was actually only four of us, but all it takes is two or three. And we, we began to get things together. We had the microwave so we could eat the tile up with the water and everything so the water wouldn't be so cold. Uh, because Patty was really sensitive, and then, of course, I am too. And we said, okay, Patty, you, we're going we're gonna to switch you down, let you, you put your foot in first. Hallelujah. And Patty put her foot in, and we began to pray. We aligned our face together, and I began to pray and wash her feet and anoint her feet. And just before our very eyes, hallelujah, we saw the Lord do the, a miracle with Patty's leg, and he lengthened her leg. Oh, my God. He lived in LA, and we just glorified God. And one of my dear sisters, just she doesn't speak. When she gets so overwhelmed, she can't even speak in English. She just was pointing at Patty's foot and praying in the Holy Ghost. She was just speaking in tongues, and we were all worshiping and raising God in the spirit and just rejoicing. And, and oh, my gosh, and Patty just had a mouth wide open. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, after that, we just closed up, and we went home and rejoiced and everything, and we're still rejoicing. But I got a phone call the following morning from my other friend, Sherry, and she said, Carnellis, Patty had a fall over in the night, and I'm at, the, I'm, I'm at work. She's a pharmacist, and she said, I'm at work. I can't get off. Can you go to the hospital? Can you meet her in the ambulance at the hospital? And so I did. And... This, they had to ship her to Dallas, or they did, 
And when they shifted the valves, they began to do a barrage test. We followed in the uh, in behind in the car, and they got there. And when they got there, this is the miracle. The miracle was that they she got healed. God healed her leg. But the greater miracle is this. My God. When they did the workup to do her, they had to do a barrage of workups uh, to get, prepare her for surgery. So they did all the lab work and, when the, and, the, and the x-rays, and they had to check her heart. When they checked everything, they found out she had 99% blockage in her aorta. 99%. So it's like God healed her leg to save her life. And even months before, she had had gallbladder surgery, and they'd done a barrage of uh, lab work and everything, and they missed it. They didn't find the blockage. But that night, God healed her leg to save her life, 99% blockage. And I asked Patty the, uh, a couple of weeks ago if I could share this testimony. She said, whatever will give God glory, we want to share it. Please, then share it. So God healed her leg, lengthened her leg, congenital birth defect, healed her leg, and then allowed her to break her leg just to save her life. Because later on, they couldn't even do the surgery without doing, going in and repairing the blockage. So they did the blockage and repaired the surgery. And she's still having some challenges, but we believe God, because the God that calls her to walk again, will cause her to walk another time. Because God is so faithful. And we thank God for that. So God is able to do whatever. He's a, he's a God. Of, he created us, so he has created miracles in heaven. So we thank God for that creative miracle of the leg being healed, her leg being completely healed and lengthened for his glory, for his glory. Not Carnell's, for God's glory. Hallelujah. For his glory. Praise God. For awesome things you've shared. But but he no no problem, no illness is too hard or too small. He cares about them all. He wants to heal. He wants to touch all. Amen. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to oh, say no. something that was so oh, exciting. No, ma'am. no, ma'am. The Holy Ghost is in charge, I know. And so, and you're so right. He cares about everything, everything, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical. Healing is healing. And that's another thing I want to share. And I might jump around, but this one was really staring in my spirit right now. And this was in 2015. Uh, we had the crusade. We went in and in Iten, Kenya, which is like a smaller, uh, on the outskirts of Eldoret, Kenya. I was based in Eldoret, but we ministered in Eldoret, but Iten, the crusade was in Iten. And during that week, they shared with me about a woman of God who had, was a widow, and she had been part of a, her husband had a large ministry there and several churches up under him, and he died. And when he died, he had everything in place with how he wanted to, to lead things in the church and everything. Well, the spirit of, of, of jealousy and manipulation and control came in, and the, the woman lost all the inheritance from, from the church, even for the children. She lost the church. I mean, this is, this is church, people, taking church. But 
So from that point, for five years, she refused to go to church because of bitterness and, and unforgiveness and anger. Not saying that what was done to her was wrong, wasn't wrong, it was. But she had so much bitterness and anger, and they had told me about her. And I said, would you see if she'll come to church, come to the meetings, the open air meetings? And she did. And the Lord just had me just go and just love on her, not tell her anything, not anything, just to let her know how much the Lord loved her. And the, some of the younger elders and apostles and pastors were going up to her and saying, Mom, we're so glad to see you. Because it had been five years. Now, this was 2016, 15, five years since they'd seen her in church. She had refused to go to church because of what had been done to her. And so... She came, and I didn't even, the Lord didn't even let me minister to her about that. Just He just wanted me to just minister love to her. And she came another time, and I, the Lord just had me just love on her and just pray for her. And I began to minister healing. It's almost like the Lord was taking layer after layer, ministering to her, so as not to overwhelm her and run her off. And I just began to minister to, to the hurts and healing for the healing of her heart. And at the, toward the end, uh, after the crusade, we had a minister's meeting, a pastor's meeting, where the Lord would have me minister to all the pastors. And I asked them if she would have, they would have her come when she came. And at that time, we, there was opportunity to, to get things right, but the Lord did not, I won't say the Lord didn't, but that spirit, that spirit of pride or whatever else, uh, the person did not did not repent and come. And so I believe God did begin the process of bringing some healing into the woman of God's life. I mean, in fact, I know, know he did. And later on when I got ready to leave the last Thursday, I was there. We, they had a dinner and, one, and fellowship dinner. And the Lord woke me up at 6 o'clock and said, would you have this woman of God come to the dinner? And she came. And I ministered again and after we had dinner and fellowship and ministered about forgiveness and healing and everything. And that woman came and sold the offering into my life and everything. And after that, they said she had gotten sick. And she still had not gone, but I could see the transformation, how the Lord had was healing her heart because healings are a process. And you're talking about everything stolen. It doesn't matter what it is, but this is, you know, what she had her her her, leg, her husband's legacy, mighty man of God, and what happened was, after I came back to the states, the woman of God began to get sick. She had she would have severe headaches. She hadn't gone back to church, but New Year's Eve, this woman of God went back to church, and she said, and she told the people at church, "I am free. I I have complete. God has completely healed my heart." I have forgiven, and that was New Year's Eve. That very next day, the woman had a, an aneurysm, I would say, because she went into a coma. She went into a coma, and she never came out of that coma. But the one miracle is that God healed her heart so that she was able to, to be set free and see Jesus. That's the greatest miracle. Because bitterness and unforgiveness will send us to hell. But God loved her so much that he set her free and healed her and made her whole. So we give God the glory for that, that miracle of healing and salvation and deliverance in her life. So she's now rejoicing in heaven.
And I thank God for that. Because it was, they found out that it was five years. She had had that tumor for five years. It was a brain tumor. So it's like God gave her grace and space for the healing process to be done in her life so that she could be so that she could be completely whole and be safe and free and be in glory today. So that to me was one of the most most significant miracles of that time in twenty fifteen that she got set free. But now I forgot to say that in twenty ten, after all the other meetings there was a young woman, she and her husband were pastors, and they hadn't had any children. And she said, Sister, we were in the pastor's home, just fellowship, and she said, Sister, I've been wanting to have a child, been trying to have a child for years, and a baby for years, and we want a baby. And the Lord allowed me to lay hands on her, and she was able to conceive the following year. And that baby now is six years old, six years old. And I got a chance to see that baby for the first time in 2014. Yes, these are awesome miracles. You know, uh, so many that that you've said have been mentioned today were things to, that will cause people to rejoice, and and some that maybe have never heard of miracles or really don't believe, it'll give them really something to ponder over and seek the Lord on. Would you just pray a prayer? of salvation, of healing over the audience right now? Yes, ma'am, I will. Yeah, I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that you would begin to minister to the hearts of those who don't know you as a Savior, who don't know you as a healer, who's lost hope, Lord. Many have lost hope. Many are in in seemingly situations, hopeless situations. But, God, you are the God who is a miracle-working God. And the greatest miracle is salvation. So I want to invite those who don't know Jesus to come and accept him as Savior and Lord. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that your anointing would touch those and draw them by your Spirit who don't know you as Savior and Lord. And, Father, we thank you for saving and setting the captives free because you came, Jesus, to set the captives free. So, Lord, we thank you for the miracle-working power of your name, Jesus. We thank you for the miracle-working power of your blood that's able to transform lives, that's able to give hope to hopeless, that's able to heal and set people free and deliver them from out of any destruction anything. There is nothing too hard for you, God. So, Lord, right now, we just ask that you would draw those that don't know you as their Savior by your Spirit in the name of Jesus. And those who need a miracle to know, give them the faith to believe that there is nothing too hard for you, Jesus, because Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, we believe and we receive and we release this into the atmosphere and we cancel any assignment of the enemy that will hinder the people from coming to know you as Savior and Lord and receiving anything that you have for them to receive, any, any healing and deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. I say amen, too. 
Well, thank you for the awesome testimony. And for Sandra and Julie, this is Real Cup, and that's a wrap.